Hey, what's up, guys? This is Pastor Austin from Good Shepherd Church, and this is our podcast. So happy you're tuning in this week to stay caught up on what the Lord's doing in us and through us. I hope this content encourages you. I hope it challenges you, builds up your love for Jesus. Hope you enjoy the message. We love you. I said this to Tony sitting right here. Um, I know y'all love church today because it is perfect outside, and y'all came to worship Jesus. So it's like one of those days where I know you love Jesus because you are here in the building today. How are we all doing this morning? Good, good, good. good. Uh, I, I absolutely love Celebration Sundays. I think it's one of the most fun things we do as a church. And the first thing that I always want to do when we get up into this room is I just want to give a moment for you kids to get acknowledgement. So if you are under the age of 10, would you just do me a big favor right now? I know this might be a little awkward, a little uncomfortable. If you're under the age of 10, would you go ahead and stand up so that I could see you? If you've got to get on a chair or something like that, that's totally fine by me right now, okay? So just get up high, make sure we can see you. Hey, church family, can we show these kids some love this morning? Come on, can we just celebrate them? Come on, come on. Now say, hey, hold on. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. If you sat down, stand back up. Stand back up. Hey, church, we're going to do one of the most important things we could ever do, and that's we're going to pray a blessing over each and every one of these kids right now. So would you just kind of point your hands around right now, and would you just join me in praying? You can pray your own prayer if you want to, but I'm just going to pray a blessing over these kids. God, would Spirit of living God, we just ask that you would come, and would you bless and keep and, and flourish every single one of these children. God, it is, a, it is a crazy time to raise children in the world that we're living in, but we know that we will not live in fear. We will not live with timidity in our hearts, but we will chase after all that you're calling out of these kids with boldness and with courage. God, I pray for the, for the young preachers or pastors in the room right now. I pray that you'd call that gifting out of them. I pray for the young business leaders, the young, the people who are gonna grow up, the kids who are gonna grow up to be moms and wonderful husbands. God, we just ask that you would pour out your spirit on these kids and bless them in Jesus' name. We all pray together. The church said, amen. 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 You guys can have a seat. Kids. You are not a sidecar to what we do here as a church. I know the kids' ministry, I know the zone is over that way, but you are the future of this church. And we love you, and we are eager to get to celebrate with you on this day together. Right, church? Yes, yes. And I think we're all like just praising God for kids' ministry. They'll be back next week, right? Like it's, it's all good. It's a win, win, win all the way around. Um, I was preparing the message on Tuesday. Uh, we've been going through the letters of John. We just started. Taylor did a fantastic job last week opening us up in, more into First uh, John chapter 1. And as I was writing out First John chapter 2, I just kept coming to good point after good point after good point that the chapter was making. And I realized I did not have enough time on a celebration Sunday to get into all that John had. And so we called a plot twist middle of the week. And uh, we are changing actually up what we intended to talk about to just do really a family update. Uh, there are some things, some uh, shifts that are going on that we want to let you guys all in on. And if you're a guest today, maybe you're just visiting, um, I just want to let you know this, this is maybe a little awkward, maybe a little different than how we usually do church on Sunday, but it's good that we all stay in the know and we stay in tune with what's going on, right? So um, I started coming to this church um, when I was about 17 or 18 years old. I sat up there in the balcony right over by that brick wall, not in the seats where you guys are sitting, but actually right over to the left of that where you can just sit on the floor. And I came because this girl was sitting over there every single Sunday. So if you like, listen, straight, just honest moment from your pastor. I didn't come because I was in love with Jesus. I wasn't interested in the Holy Spirit. I wasn't interested in what this book had to say. I was interested in her. It's full confession time, Okay. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't the smartest kid in my classes growing up. I, I was more like Lordy How Come rather than Magna Cum Laude or whatever it is that that is. You know what I'm saying? You tracking with that? So I, like, I, 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 really, I really just was smart enough, just smart enough 
to know that if I wanted to spend time with her, I needed to spend time here. And so let, let, let that just be a warning for all of you that came. Maybe you came to watch a baptism today. Maybe you came because someone else invited you. Let me just give you full warning that like, I never saw this happening when I first started coming into this church, right? But as I attended here over the years, uh, Katie and I got married, obviously, and we started having a family and really had cultivated this friendship with our former youth pastor, Brian Vincent. I think a lot of you guys know Pastor Brian. He was the youth pastor here for over 10 years. And it was to my shock one day when we were having coffee, like we had done many times, as he was kind of discipling me. We were in small group together. And he told me that he had just taken a job to be the lead pastor at a smaller church out on the East Coast. And it was shocking on multiple fronts. Uh, it was shocking because Brian had been preaching more and more. And uh, for those of you who maybe do or don't know, Kent was the pastor at the time and Kent was getting a little older. We could all kind of see maybe Kent's time uh, of retirement was approaching. And so I was sitting there as one of Brian's friends going, this is awesome. Uh, like, I love Brian. I can't wait to see what happens with this church. And so when he told me that, I was surprised because I was like, oh, okay, what does that mean? And I was, I was very surprised because a friend was moving to the East Coast, but I was most surprised because he said, and I also put your name in the hat, Austin, to replace me as the youth pastor here at the church. I was like, well, there we go. Now I know you're crazy, right? <laughs> it was a plot twist that my wife and I never saw coming, but being in ministry has been one of our favorite things that we've ever gotten to do together for sure. And um, in 2017, I came on staff as the youth pastor here at the church. Later in that year, uh, we had some staff changes that happened and I became the next gen pastor. So I was overseeing everything, how we say, how we say it here, cradle to college one kind of like just continuous path of ministry all the way from cradle to college. And it was about 2019, early in the year, where Pastor Kent started to identify that this was gonna be his last year serving at the church. And we were at the time going through what we've affectionately uh, named homeschool seminary. So all you homeschool parents in the room right now, this is your moment to just rejoice, right? Like, it's like, yes, was, we just went through his favorite classes out of seminary. They asked if I wanted to do seminary at one point. And I said, I feel like I have bandwidth to do two of the following three. I could be a good dad and husband. I could be a good pastor here at the church. And I could be a good student in seminary. And I can only give you two of those. And one of them is non-negotiable. I will continue to be a good dad and husband. So I was like, if you want me to not be terrible here, I'm not going to seminary right now. So we did homeschool seminary. Went through a few of his favorite books, and man, over that year, uh, the timeline became more and more clear, and the way we're governed, the way we're structured still to this point, is that if the lead pastor is retiring in good standing, then he can nominate his first potential replacement, and the congregation then would vote, the members, who you just saw become members, the members would then vote by uh, two-thirds affirmation who would be the next lead pastor. So I'm the guy on the ballot, they vote me in, and uh, my, we begin this crazy adventure of pastoring this church on January 1st of 2020, which was wild, which was wild. And I, I just want to acknowledge, Kent was sitting right over there, first service, um, I just want to acknowledge that there is nothing that we are enjoying right now as a church that doesn't come from, that's not impacted very closely, very intimately by his leadership here as a church. It is rare for a pastor to make it 35 years, it is rare for a pastor to make it 35 years and finish faithfully. And so praise God he did. And when you walk into this place and you're like, man, I just love how they teach the Bible, that comes from his value. I love how when I come in here, I just feel so relationally connected to other people. That comes from his values in his leadership. When you come in here and you say, man, I love how even though they love the Bible, they still seem kind of charismatic and they love to worship and they love to sing and they love to cry out for the presence of God in times of worship. That comes from his leadership. So I just want to acknowledge that I, I will give honor where honor is due until I am dead. That, that I, I just, at times I felt like the five talent guy. Do you know what I mean? The, the parable where it's like, man, the, the, the master gave one person five talents, they gave another person two talents, another person one, and the person with one was fearful and intimidated by their leader, so they buried the talent. 
And we know that talent can be gifts and treasures. It can be actually resources. Like uh, everything was just handed off so wonderfully. It was a faithful body of people who were here. Those of you, like I know your faces. I see you sitting in here today. And, and, and you were so easy to pastor in a, in a very uncertain and chaotic time. Financially, the building was paid for. There were people that I, I never got to meet who leveraged their own personal homes when this church building was originally built back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. There were then other people who gave sacrificially in the 90s and they paid the building off so that we were debt-free. We had a savings account when I came in. And there were just so many things that were going so well that really when we then came out of COVID, our church just came alive. And I think you've seen it. You felt it over the last several years. What we've experienced as a church is just a tremendous amount of people coming. And gosh, like we're, we're still trying to figure out what to do with all the people. Like, I mean, second service, there's a little more space, but first service, like we have a parking team and I'm just reminding you, be nice to the parking team. Like we're learning, we're trying, we're growing. And like, I heard a story that someone got called an idiot a couple of weeks ago and they're out there serving their whole Sunday. Like, let's just be nice to them. You know what I mean? trying to figure out kids check-in. I know the computers crash. Like we're trying to fix stuff. We're trying to get better. And it's just, we're on this crazy adventure and God, for whatever reason, has just blessed what's happening here at Good Shepherd Church. And you all have been a part of that. And it's been really, really humbling to be in this seat and watch him do what he does. But after a little while of, of taking over the helm in 2020 and COVID happens, and I, I'm sorry to even remind you of that time of COVID. Like it was just wild, right? I, I, Usually our camera was set up somewhere over there or in my living room, and I was preaching my first Easter message to a, a lens, you know, like it was just the worst experience ever. And uh, man, for whatever reason, like God just led us in a certain way. This church came back in gathering in person and, and people really responded. You guys were eager to come in here and to worship and to gather. And, uh, and then it reached the fall of 2021 and the trustees who are our financial board here at the church we really recognized that there were, some, there were some looming tech updates, just some looming building updates that we had on the radar always, but we needed to kind of galvanize around just a, a few certain projects. And we need to say, hey, church, these things need done. We know it, you know it. And we just, put the, we just put the projects in front of you. We called it here to stay. And we just said, hey, here are the things that we want to update. We want to them, bring them into like a modern uh, version of what they are. I mean, we had, we had uh, I'll never forget the projectors. They were, they were, struggling towards the end of their life. Let's just say that, okay? We're losing some colors, like would not show up on the screen at all. So I'll never forget sitting here and we were promoting groups one Sunday and I'm looking at the slide for groups and I'm like, oh my gosh, the O is just the right kind of green that you can't see on the screen at all. I know it's there, but it just looked like grups. I was like, please join a grup today, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh. The sound system was having some problems then. And, and I mean, there was just so many things, so many different things, but we laid them all in front of you. And man, church, it was an incredible thing. We, we did a few week series leading up to this, just uh, this free will offering that we took at the end of September in 2021. And this church gave almost $350,000 on that one Sunday. So that one Sunday happened. And then by the end of that year though, we had about a half a million dollars that had been given. And let me just like, let me just say all this to say today, we're not taking an offering. I, I think it's just like, you could probably feel it if you've been to a gala or if you've been to a banquet sometime, you're like, it's building towards that moment where they're gonna start passing a plate around. And, and that's not what's happening today, okay? I just wanna acknowledge, for some, there's about 200 new people that have started coming since we did Here to Stay in the fall of 2021. There's about 100 people who have given their first time gift to the church since we did that back in 2021. I just wanna bring you up to speed with the history of where this church has been because this church has a, 
a beautiful, generous legacy. And by God's grace, we're going to continue in that legacy of generosity as long as I'm around, as long as God is leading us. Amen? So I want to show you the video real quick, though, of what we, of what we showed the church back in the fall of 2021. And I want to introduce the people here before they come on. So the first voice you're going to hear is Pastor Glenn Brown. He's the founding pastor of our church. We wouldn't be here without him. The second, the second voice in the video is Pastor Kent, which again, we wouldn't be the church we are today without Pastor Kent. And then it's my voice at the end, talking about where we hope this continues to go in the future. So let's watch this together. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in the seed. The story of Good Shepherd includes many people, but really it's the Lord's story. In June of 1978, Good Shepherd started meeting in Loveland High School. Then in June of 79, on 13 acres, ground was broken, time was given, and the building began to take shape. From the beginning, Good Shepherd Church was formed in large part by our heart for missions. Despite some of the challenges of those early years, and of course there were challenges, even in the midst of leadership changes, the Lord was clear that Good Shepherd was His church and it was here to stay. As the Lord would have it, an initial two-year commitment turned into 41. Over the course of those many years, families came, ministries were started, and generations took root. Staying at Good Shepherd, although at times not easy, was a calling that could not go unanswered. We needed to sow a field on which the next generation could build a church that would be here to stay. Mark of Good Shepherd has always been a deep grounding in God's Word. Every week, as people have come in and out of these doors, hearts have been tended to and seeds have been scattered throughout the world. On any given day, marriages are blessed, losses are mourned, and new life is celebrated. From the Christmas programs, to serving our city, mission trips abroad, to faithful friends, our church has experienced it all. This plan and purpose, although executed by imperfect people, has been grounded in God's word and his vision for Good Shepherd. It's been worth investing in. It's clear that the Lord's story for Good Shepherd through the years has been one that is here to stay. It's a true act of faith to sow a seed, to release something from your hand, to let it go, and to wait. It might be months before any signs of life or fruit appear, but after years, it just might produce a harvest a hundred times the size of the first seed. Right now we're experiencing a sweet harvest that we did not plant. But like an apple, a harvest doesn't happen overnight. Years of faithful cultivation, a legacy of generous living, all leading to fruit sown in another time. Which all begs the question, what do we do with the fruit? 
The temptation is to enjoy it while we have it, to sit back and relax and reap the benefits of the hard work. But that's not what the Lord has planned for his people. We're called to give what we have received, to let it go. Stewardship really is that simple. It's the act of returning a blessing that has been extended, offering back what God has placed in our hand. An open hand removes the urgency of harvest from right now. Instead, it's simply a beginning. Who knows what God could produce with such a small act of faith? After all, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. Man, come on, isn't that pretty cool? I actually, uh, I brought an apple to be a visual demonstration of my daughters on the front row here eating it. So, um, you know, I think you can get it though, right? The, the parable, the story, like it's easy to visualize. We could cut up an apple and we could count the seeds very easily. But if we were to plant an apple, then we, if we were to plant a seed, we would, it, it'd be immeasurable. We'd never be able to count the, the amount of apples that would come from that single seed. And so we just laid it before you guys. And we just said, hey, uh, we're going to give. There's no, there's no thermometer on stage. If you remember when you were here back in September of 2021, and we just said, hey, we're just going to give uh, willingly, not under compulsion. And so here it is. And like I said, it was amazing, the generosity that has, was poured out at that time. And with that generosity, we were able to complete all the uh, renovations that we endeavored to do in this room, which is incredible. Uh, we redid the stage completely. We redid the sound system. Um, we redid, which the irony of the sound system being redone in first service was like the microphone went out for a second. It was just like awesome. But this happens. The devil tries. We keep going. But uh, whatever. We got all new lighting in the room and um, uh, the big one, obviously, that just got finished. Uh, supply chain really delayed this project best as it could, but we got AC for this summer. I still can't wait for the first 100 degree day. I'm going to be coming up here. I might wear a hoodie on that 100 degree day just because I can. You know what I mean? Oh, man. So it wasn't just that that we were able to do with the 850000 bucks, obviously, over that time, but we, we renovated our family room. A lot of you guys have seen that. We did all the sound treatment in the family room. We, we got 75 new chairs that you all are sitting in in this top middle section, breaking them in nicely, by the way. Way to go. Thank you. Um, we also got the new sign out by the road. There were several things that we've done, and we are at the point now where we're ready to embark on the next phase of the project. So we uh, just officially got the word from the city that our permit's been approved to begin construction on all of the preschool classrooms starting at the beginning of, uh, beginning of June. So the kids' class—yeah, come on. The kids' classrooms are going to look like that, which is hard to imagine if you've seen them recently. Um, there's drop ceiling in those, but above that drop ceiling, those vaulted ceilings, they are, they are already there, which is awesome. They smell a kind of way right now. Like, I'll just acknowledge that to you right now. Um, we have done everything that we know how to do, everything we know how to do to try to make those smell a little better. Uh, but really, the main problem is there is no fresh air. It is stagnant air above all of those rooms. And so what we'll be doing is we'll be adding AC and fresh air delivery into all of those rooms, removing the, the ceiling. Because if you remember, uh, and you, maybe you weren't here, but what we talked about was one day we are going to need to add a fire sprinkler system into this building if we ever want to be up to code. And the reason why we might want to be up to code someday is that if we're ever going to utilize that field over to the east and we're going to make this space a little bigger for people, uh, then we're going to have to be up to modern building codes before we can expand that way at all. 
And so as we go, it's thoughtful really in its approach by the trustees that we are going to try to remove drop ceiling every turn because everywhere there's a pocket above and a pocket below drop ceiling, you have to fire sprinkler twice above and below. So we're removing that as we go. And that is just going to be a beautiful, wonderful space for our kids to come in every single Sunday. Um, I want to give you just a little snapshot of the financial picture. And I know this is like super boring for some of you, but for some of you, you're business people and you just like, you come alive during these kind of details. So I'm sorry if you're the boring kind of person, but this is for the other kind of people right now. I will just say too, if you're getting baptized, you're welcome. This is your out right now. You can go ahead and make your exit right here and you're gonna get baptized. I think we have one or two baptisms this service that we're gonna celebrate. So our 2023 budget is right around $1.5 million. 53% of that is gonna go to staff salaries. 8% goes to ministry specific things. So let me kind of break those numbers down a little bit. Salaries is everything that goes into salaries, payroll taxes, insurance, um, uh, retirement accounts, everything associated with payroll and the ministry budget is a bit smaller. And the reason that is, is we, be, we believe here that, that people build the best ministries. We, yes, we could make that ministry budget 20% and we could buy all of the pizza for the youth every single week as much as they want ever. But at the end of the day, we don't believe that pizza makes the best ministry driver. It doesn't build the best ministry. People really do. And so uh, that goes for all of our staff salaries. Our ministry includes everything from next gen to our worship, to our creative departments. Everything that we do from a ministry perspective comes out of that window there. Operating is all of the other bills that are associated with running the church. So you don't think about the printing costs or the phone costs or the power bill, but our operating expenses are overall about 25% of that $1.5 million. And this year, the trustees have designated 10% of that 25, so about $150,000 in this year's budget is, is designated, earmarked already to go towards the building. So we've kind of seeded some money for the renovations that we knew were coming, but we also, this is one of the, this is one of the coolest little details, but it's also like a massive amount of money, so I don't want to make light of it, but um, the month before we started the Here to Stay offering, before we started talking about it, before we took any money, the church was sitting on a savings account of about $850,000. And so we said, okay, the church is going to give some of that money. We don't want to have just this huge savings account. I don't think churches are meant to just stockpile gold and just sit on it while the world crumbles around them, right? But what we're going to do is we're going to spend some of that. We want to have about six months of emergency savings in the bank, but we want to spend some of that 850K and we, we were going to take whatever came in from the here to stay offering and we we're going to put that into this room, right? And so the cool thing is a month before we started, before we took any money, 850,000 bucks, and then you come to last month. You know how much money is in the savings account as of last month? About $845,000. It's the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of you all. See, because in case you don't know, the way church works, I always kind of wondered. I was kind of maybe the skeptic looking in when I was growing up. It's like, man, is the government just like, it's because they don't pay taxes. That's how they're able to run this thing. Well, just not paying taxes doesn't actually pay anything. If you, if that makes sense in your brain, you know what I mean? It's nice to not pay taxes, but it doesn't actually generate income, right? The other thing is that I, I maybe thought, well, okay, but maybe there's just like a few like trust fund level ballers that are kind of just like tricking the whole thing out and they're doing it. Well, that's not the answer either. At this church right now, there are about 600 unique giving units that have contributed to our church and to the mission of our church. So if you're wondering how this is all working, it's because of the people that are sitting next to you right now in your row and in front of you. Like this, this is who we are. We're a church as a family committing our time, talents, and treasures to build the kingdom of God through this church. And that's what's, that's what's happening. And that, like, listen, our budget is in such a healthy spot that even though it felt like a stretch to make a $1.5 million budget this year, we are right now in a cash flow positive position of about 90K through the end of March. 
So what that means is there's 30,000 extra bucks coming in every month than what we're spending. So because we're cash flow positive, because we have our savings account built back up, we feel like it is time to tackle the kids' classroom. So if you can put that slide back up on there. This project, when we originally budgeted it, it was about 75,000 bucks per room. But what we're doing to make it as cost efficient as possible is we're gonna be starting with this classroom right out these doors and it wraps all the way around back here. And we're gonna redo all nine of those rooms. It's gonna add two classrooms back into our utilized space, which we need right now. I mean, you can tell preschoolers, there's plenty of you guys running around. We need some of that space for other ministry spaces. And so um, that, that ask, that, that bill right now is $650,000. Again, today, not taking an offering. I'm not asking anyone to give anything right now. But what I am asking is that you as the church would consider what your role is in this going forward, right? So I have two audiences that I'm speaking to right now. There are those of you in this room and you haven't committed to Good Shepherd Church as your church. And to you, I just want to say, I am not asking that you would give right now into this project. What I am asking is that you would commit with everything you have to find a local church to be a part of. Your best version of your life, the most healthy, the most spiritually vibrant version of your life is when you root yourself into a local church. When you get embedded into the community, when you follow after the teaching, when you follow after the vision, that is when you are going to flourish as a person. And so if you're still exploring what church you are going to call home and Good Shepherd's not quite it yet, my ask for you is that you would continue to press in to find a church home. And know this, you're never going to find a perfect one because there isn't a perfect church. And I'll, listen, I'll, make, I'll go one step further. If you want help finding a church because this one doesn't quite fit your bend, come talk to me. I have pastor friends in this area. I would love to recommend a few churches in this area because my biggest care for you is that you have a pastor that's keeping watch over your soul as explained in the book of Hebrews. That's the most important thing for you. Now for our church family, if you call this church home, I'm just asking that you would prayerfully consider over the next 20 weeks as this project starts and ends this summer, I just ask that you would go, Spirit of the living God, how am I to participate in this? How? It, it might be financially. It might be a hundred bucks. It might be a thousand bucks. It might be more than that. I don't know what it's gonna be, but you're gonna ask the Spirit of God. I'm not gonna tell you what that number is. It might be just by helping us volunteer. Parents, I'm asking for your grace because we are gonna to have to close sections of this hallway throughout the summer. We're strategically doing it over the summer because our attendance is going to dip down over the summer while y'all go camping and out on the boat and all the other different fun stuff you do in the summer. So we're gonna to, to close down some hallways. We're gonna have kids going up to the third floor. And listen, I used to be the youth pastor. That's where our youth meet right behind those two double doors. And it is a hike to get up there. I'm mostly glad I'm not the youth pastor anymore because I was tired of making that walk. It is, a, it is a long ways. You get up there and you're winded, all right? And so be, have, have some grace, have some patience, parents, because we're going to have to move kids into different spaces of this church while this remodel is happening, okay? But um, we're also, with that means we're going to need some volunteers. Like we're going to need some people helping out in kids ministry. So maybe right now is not a season where you can contribute financially, but maybe now is the time where you go, yeah, but I could give a couple hours of my day to make sure that kids continually have a safe space where they can encounter Jesus every single Sunday. Because again, I, I can think of no better investment for us as a church to make in the world that we're living in, with the chaos that exists out there, with all of the different worldviews and different ideas and perceptions that are trying to wiggle their way into our kids' minds. I can think of no better investment than to invest in space for our kids to come in every single Sunday and be safe and be cared for and most ex importantly, experience the power and the love of the presence of God. Yes. Because we don't do childcare on Sunday mornings. I don't know if you've heard us talk about this. We do kids' ministry. So even the littlest kids, as they're getting held by somebody, they're not just getting taken care of while you're in here. That's important, but we're also blessing them. 
We're also asking the Spirit of the living God, come into this little infant that I'm holding. Help, take, help raise them up into all that you've called them to be. We're blessing kids. We're teaching them all the stories of the Bible. We're teaching them how this is, this is a beautiful book of different stories all about King Jesus. We're ministering on every single Sunday morning. And so the invitation, again, is Spirit of God, how am I going to count myself in with what's happening at Good Shepherd? Because we see this in Galatians. Here's our one verse for this morning. I won't teach long. Didn't have hardly any time first service. We baptized, guys, we baptized 10 people first service. Like it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was awesome. And we still got a couple more and we got a video that's going to be a kind of fun twist for y'all. But in Galatians chapter six, it says this. The apostle Paul writes, he says, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Paul is acknowledging the spiritual principle that God has made of sowing, of putting things into the ground, and then of reaping a harvest one day. That wasn't, that wasn't like something that God observed in creation, and so then he, he put some things in his book. No, that was something that God wired into creation so that we would understand, okay, this is how the world works, and this is how, this is how spiritual things work as well. And so he says, as you sow, you will also reap. Now, some prosperity preacher somewhere will use something like this to say, now, if you sow 5,000 bucks into the kids' ministry overhaul that we're doing this summer, then you will reap a uh, hundredfold whatever is sown. And I am, I am not that guy. <laughs> if you've been around long enough, you know I am not that guy. What I am here to say is that if you sow, the promise is that you will reap. Because look, it goes on to say, whatever he sows, that he will also reap. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary. Sometimes things take longer than we want them to. You've been loving on your neighbor for so long now and nothing has changed. You, you keep caring for that one person. You keep sharing the gospel with that one person. Nothing's changed yet. But don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, what does that say? You, you might reap. You probably will reap. No, the apostle Paul says you will reap. You will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us, not, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The promise that's coming out of this passage is that if you sow, if you sow according to the spirit, you're going to reap things of godliness. It does not, God is not some cosmic slot machine where if you put in money, you will hopefully get out money. That's how we like to treat him sometimes. But really the truth of the matter is, is if we're led in faith, if we're stirred by the spirit and we sow in faith, even if it's money, even if it's just our gifts and talents, if it's our time, if we were to sacrificially love the world around us in a way that says, I'm living for heaven someday, and we sow by faith into the world around us, then eventually there will be a harvest, church. And I'm just here to remind you this morning, our church is in desperate need of a harvest of righteousness. Our families are in desperate need of a harvest of righteousness. Our kids are in desperate need of a harvest according to the Holy Spirit of God. So I can think of no better investment than by, by faith, according to the Spirit, not under compulsion, not because someone's asking you to, but just spirit of the living God, what would you have me do? And if we were to sow, then we will one day see a harvest that comes from that act of sowing. It, like, like I said in the video, it is a act of faith to sow a seed, to let go of something, to sacrifice your time, to give away money. That's an act of faith because you're trusting that God's gonna do something with that that you couldn't do by yourself. And that's hard to do sometimes. I'm just asking over the next 20 weeks, would you just, you and your family, you and your spouse, you as you come every single Sunday, would you just prayerfully consider whatever it is that God would have you do to participate in what's happening here at the church? And it doesn't have to just be this one project, but man, I just firmly believe 
like I prayed when the members, new members were up here, that there's ministry that our church is called into doing. And if we have a spectating culture that says, man, the pastors will get that done or those people that serve, they'll get that done. Like we'll never do all the ministry we're called to as a church. But if we, by faith as a church, step into whatever it is that God has for us in a season, maybe it's loving a neighbor right now, maybe it's just being faithful at your workplace, whatever the case may be, if you would just step out and do it, there is ministry that God's calling this church to that we cannot do if we sit on the sideline but we will see a harvest if we press in in faith. Amen, church? So here's how we want to end things this morning. I just want to give a little moment to linger a sec. Like usually we just kind of stand, pray, dismiss. We still have another song to sing. We're going to watch some baptisms. But before we do all that fun stuff, I just want to give a second for us to pray and for us to search our own heart and go, Spirit of the living God, what is it that you'd have me do? I'll tell you this, like Katie and I, I mean, we've been talking and and we, we gave sacrificially, we were set uh, for here to stay, the first offering taken in September. We were like, we're going to put the first check in the basket because our, our kids are getting raised in this church, believe it or not. I'm not just the pastor here. I'm also a participant with you all, right? And, and I'll tell you what, like, we'll be, we'll be some of the first people to make sure we're still on the line. We're still in. We're still contributing. And whether that comes with our time, whether that comes with our money, it's, it's probably going to come with a big blend of yes and amen, right? And so I'm just asking that you would ask God what he would have you do in this season. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just come right now. God, the last thing that I want for any person in this room is to feel manipulated by me, to feel led by me in some certain way, but I would love if the vision that this church has going forward, if we could just, if we could just have that vision instilled in our mind and have the Holy Spirit just ignite it into flame. And we'll go as far as you want us to, God. That's what we've trusted from day one, is that you will lead us step by step, every step of the way. So even right now, I just pray that you'd speak, that you would lead, that you would guide. Jesus, we thank you for all the young life in this church. That is no small thing to be entrusted with a child. And so we pray that we would continually as a church, as a church family, would we not just be physical parents, but would we be spiritual parents to kids around us? Would we mentor and would we pour out in love? Would some of the older saints in the room, would they know that they have gifts and talents that the younger saints in this room need? Would we have honor and blessing towards the different generations that we have one to another? Would we recognize each other for the gifts that God has placed in us? And would we continually see to it that God would do everything that he wants to do in us and through us? We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.